Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Corkum. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. Third thing, love overcomes prejudice. And I think this is such a powerful part of it. Uh, verse 33 says, But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. Now, if you don't know this, all right, so Jesus is telling the story, and so a priest comes by, a Levite, sounds like one of those like jokes, right? Like a priest, a Levite, and, a, and a this guy, they're all walking to, you know, they're walking to a bar. So most of the people there would have expected maybe like a, a regular, just average Jewish Joe, you know, like coming in. No offense, Joe. And, um, and so Jesus kind of throws a curveball and says a Samaritan walks in. Now, this is why it's a curveball. There was a, a bitter distaste between these two groups, Jews and, and, and Samaritans. And um, if you want to read about it, I'll, I'll give a, a brief little synopsis, but 2 Kings 17. If you want to just learn, kind of get to know why Samaritans weren't really loved too much by, by Jewish people, it's found there in, in 2 Kings 17, verse 24 to 33. So back in the day, Samaritans was the name. They would often refer to Jewish people in the, in the northern, like in Israel, right? There was a part where Israel, Judah... Um, but they were Jews who were called Samaritans. But what happened was nation came in, Assyria, they conquered them, and they like, ixnade, like, not ixnade, they exiled them, they didn't kill them all, but they just moved them. Uh, like over 27,000 Jews, they moved them out uh, of that region, and what happened was they, they grabbed a bunch, a bunch of different nations, and they crammed them all in, in that same area. And uh, it's really interesting, actually. People started getting, like, mauled by lions. And, uh, and so they're like, oh, snap, like, we need, we need God. Like, send the priest down, and God's judging us. And so, so the king of Syria, like, sends a priest down and, and teaches, starts teaching the people there about God. But what happened was they were mixing, like, pagan religions, like, with Judaism and, and it was like this weird concoction of religion that was being produced in Samaria. They developed their own like place of worship on Mount Gerizim, which was like where they would where, where they gather. And they they started saying like this is where this is where this is the true place where you worship. Anybody do that with churches sometimes? Well, this is the real church. You know what I mean? But like that's sort of what they were doing in that sense, and saying ah, what you have in Jerusalem, that's not no no. This is the real deal. And so this bitter animosity started like building between these two groups. And it really was at uh, like full swing at the time that Jesus is telling this parable. And so they would, they would have been very surprised at the fact that a Samaritan entered into this story. And I think Jesus speaks of this person, really a, a member of a community hated by the Jews, and it communicated, I think, the thing that's very difficult. Remember what I mentioned earlier? One of the things that, I mean, if you didn't love God, there would be certain things that you just wouldn't follow naturally that the Scriptures ask us to follow. And one of them is loving your enemies. 
to not just love those who love you, but to love those who hate you. To love those who oppose you. To love those who would want to see, want to see you just crash and burn. And so Jesus gives a description of that very individual, except for there was more animosity, I believe, not that I know everything, but I feel like there was more animosity towards Samaritans, like Jew to Samaritan, than there was Samaritan to Jew. Now, I could be wrong. Don't like come out of here and be like, yo, Justin said that, that this is true. And I'm going to die by this. No, don't do that, okay? Because I'm not, I'm not sure. But I, I would just, I would assume um, that that would be the case. And so now, they see a display of love to them. Imagine this. A display of love to them by a person that they hate. I mean, imagine the person who hates you the most, all right? Like, does everybody have a person in, in your mind right now? Hopefully there's not too many people that hate you. <laughs> so, but imagine, like, if you could just imagine the person who hates you the most, and imagine you're beat up on the ground, and a priest and a Levite pass you by, and then this person shows up and helps you out and has compassion on you. This is, this is the feeling that, that all of these Jews are experiencing right now as Jesus is telling this story. That the person that I hate, the people that I hate, that this individual now is having compassion on me. And it's so reflective of the love of Jesus Christ. I mean, when you think about what Jesus did for us, that when Jesus came as a man, he bore the weight of our sin. He lived a perfect life so that he could sacrifice it. And as as he's on the cross after being whipped and beaten, after being mocked, after being uh, just spat at in his face, he gets to look at every single person. He gets to look at the Roman soldiers that tore his body to pieces. He gets to look at everybody watching as he suffocates on a cross And he says, God, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And that kind of love, to look out on a crowd that is against you, say, God, forgive them. A love overcomes prejudice. That kind of love is no longer about what a person's done to you or how they're different than you. It's about how they need the love that's inside of you. There are so many people that need to see that kind of love. That unconditional love, the love, like, remember when we talked about relationships? It always just tends to come up every once in a while. But that kind of love that, that loves with no expectation of something in return. Like, I'm going to love you regardless of whether you love me back. I'm going to love you regardless of, of whether you have anything 
to bring to the table for me. Like that kind of love is the love that, that he's calling us to. And that's the kind of love that can overcome prejudice. It can overcome a disdain for, for even your enemies. It's a powerful thing. So not only does love see people, not problems, not only does love overcome prejudice, but love moves us to action. If you truly, genuinely love people, there is no way that you can just sit back and, and watch and not jump in and get involved. I know we already talked a little bit about James 2 and, and faith and deeds, but if you look at 1 John 3, Verses 16 to 18, it says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. If we're going to begin to really live out this, this mission of everything for the sake of one, I think it's important that we show our love by our actions. That people can actually see that we love hard. That we care hard. And that, that's what I want this group to be known for. I don't want us to continue. You know, we, we got a chance to watch um, that Hillsong movie last week. You know, I know God's going to do big things. And I know that there is going to be a day where there are people all over in this room. And, and together as a community, we're going to be worshiping the Lord with this entire room filled. I kind of like being in here because it's like a little bit of a, a taste of what's to come. And I know that that's the vision that God's planted in our hearts, and that's, what, that's where we're going. But as we continue to make this mission our life, that's when we're going to begin to see more and more people impacted. Could you imagine if over the course of this year, this upcoming year, for the rest of this year, you reach out to one person? 25 becomes 50. 50 becomes 100. 100 becomes 200. Like, how simply reaching just one makes such a difference. Because just like the whole idea of valuing and pursuing, right, that one is valuable. Every person is valuable to God. Every single one. And it's about getting our hearts to that point. To where every Every person, people are valuable to us. That in our hearts, we're moved for people. And, and when that happens, it's going to move us to action. Nobody, nobody likes a talker, right? I mean, have you ever, does anybody know a talker? You know, the, the, the type of people... I was like, yeah, I once played basketball against LeBron James, and man, I schooled him. And then, like, you see them, like, later by themselves in the corner of the room with the basketball in their hands, and they look like Napoleon Dynamite or something like that, you know? Like, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you schooled LeBron. 
Or like the girl that's like, I can sing like Whitney Houston. And then they, they can't sing like Whitney Houston. <laughs> they sing like a, like a cat in a trash bag. You know what I mean? There are those people who can talk big, but their lives don't back it up. Like when you see, when you see, it's like every American Idol, like blooper reel. Like they can talk like they're the next Beyonce, but like they are not. Because you get to literally see them make a fool of themselves on television. Like their actions don't line up with how they, they, they talk about themselves. And I just, I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be us as a group. I don't want to sit here every month, every week going through connect groups and just talk about how like important people are to us and how much we should love people. Uh, but then when it comes down to actually doing it, we don't. You know? Because what, if I look at, at First John, if I see a brother or sister in need, and I, and I don't do anything about it. Like, that's a hard scripture, right? It goes against our selfishness. Because there are days that we just don't want to do it. We don't want to put up with that kind of stuff. And I think that's what, you know, it doesn't make these messages very fun. Like, these, this message is not one of those, like, Hallelujah, glory to God, love my enemies. Like, you don't get excited about this kind of, you know what I mean? Like, this is not like, I'm even preaching this right now, and I'm going like, man, this is like heavy stuff. Like, this is a hard thing to, to preach about. And trust me, I'm, I'm, we're going to, Connect Group, we're going to be, we're going to dive into that encouragement and, and, and Right now, there are those seasons where they're, they're, you, you got to challenge yourself, right? And this is a very challenging, for me personally, this is a very challenging message for myself to say, wow, I look at all of these things and I see so much room for improvement in my life and, and areas for growth in my life. And how, God, I want to be a better pastor. I want to be uh, just uh, a better believer, that when I'm outside of, of these four walls, that I, I'm looking for opportunities. That's like, that's my heart's cry. Not just to talk about it, but to do it. And last thing, love sacrifices. It sees people, not problems. It overcomes prejudice moves us to action and sacrifices. Verse 35, it says, on the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I return, I'll repay you. One of the resources I was reading said that if, if the rates were any, anything close to an inn in, in Italy around 150 B.C.-ish, that this guy would have covered about two months' stay at, at this inn. Probably it's going to be less. It's a little bit 
later on, so I'm sure. Even still, we'll give him two weeks, right? This guy covered a considerable amount of time, but I, I love his heart. He says, whatever you spend, when I return, I'll pay you back. Think about the love of this, of this individual. That he not only helps this dude out, he not only like puts oil and wine on his, on his wounds to help sort of like kill the bacteria or whether he knew he was doing that or not or it was just, that's just what you do, but that's what he was doing. Then he puts him on his own animal. He, he walks miles probably before he gets to this place. Then he pays for two weeks. Then he says, hey, I'm not done. If there's, I'm going to come back and if, there's, if you spend any extra money, I'm going to pay you back for that too. You want to talk about going the extra mile? Do you see even in Jesus' teaching where he says go the extra mile and that whole picture of how you were obligated to carry a Roman soldier's um, equipment for a mile and he said go the extra mile, go two miles. And this is the nature of Jesus. This is the nature of the love that he's calling us to. It's not a love that just loves halfway. It's a love that dives all the way in. It's a love that chooses to say I'm going to do this with everything that I am. I'm going to make my life about people. And that's not, that is totally opposite of what the world is going to tell you. The world is going to tell you that you pursue your dreams, you pursue your success, you pursue like your financial security, you pursue everything that is, that is good for you to make sure that your life is comfortable, that the lives of your children is comfortable, and that you can just, all in all, just live a pretty darn comfortable life. But Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. There I go again, just really hammering it down. Sorry. <laughs> I think there's weight. There's, there's weight in this message, and I think it... It's so hard to hear because I think we all know it's how we're supposed to be living. But it's just so stinking difficult to do. Because it's so hard to put ourselves last. You know? It's so hard to make our purpose about other people. But if we can keep perspective, right, it all comes down to that again. And I know we've been harping on it, but I think it's so important to remember. Because if you can remember that you only have this one life. And this short amount of time that we have, we have an opportunity to impact eternity forever. When you, when you think about the fact that after we die and we give an account to God of how we spent our time, that there is an eternity with God. It's always hard for me as a kid to wrap my mind around eternity. Still is, always will be difficult to wrap my mind around eternity. I kind of like, kind of did it this way as a kid. I would go, eternity. So I live my life and then I, oh wait, no, I don't die. I keep living. And I live another life. And oh, oh no, but I just keep living. And, and that was the only way I could wrap, like as a young kid, could wrap my, my brain around eternity. But 
forever with God. You have maybe 80 to, I'll give you 80 to 100 100 years, 120 years. There we go. Just 80 to 100 years, I'm giving you guys. All right? Most of us are already down 25, 30, 30 30-something years. So so now you only have like 50 years, 50 to, to, you know, 80. We'll give you 50 to 80 years left, right? That time can make an impact eternally. And when we do life for us, when we live the way that the world wants us to live and we pursue our dreams, we pursue our passions, we pursue our success, and we build ourselves up and we get comfortable for us, the only difference that's being made is the difference right here, right now for us. But if we live our lives for other people, if we live our lives to, to take the gospel message outside of these four walls, outside of this church, and you begin to share that with the people around you, you begin to show the love of Christ, you begin to see people and not problems, the love inside of you begins to allow you to overcome just prejudice against maybe those that have hurt you, prejudice against those that have mistreated you or your family, the en- those that you would consider enemies in your life, you begin to show love and compassion on them. As you begin to, to let your life show that you have that love, you sacrifice for people around you. That is all going to last forever. Something you can bring back to God when you stand before him and, you t- and he takes an account of your life and you can say, this is it. This is what I've done. I've worked hard uh, and I've lived my life for other people. And you're going to have a trail of people behind you walking in with you saying, oh, I'm with him. I'm with her. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. I wouldn't be here if they didn't share the love of Christ to me when I was in my broken state. I wouldn't be here if they didn't share a meal with me and tell me about Christ. I wouldn't be here if they didn't take time to just share the fact that I am valuable, that God does love me. I wouldn't be here if they weren't the light on a hill, that they just would not get out of my life. And they just stayed there and was just, they just were so consistent in my life till I was so annoyed with them I had to, to talk, talk to them about why the heck they wouldn't leave me alone. Why the heck did they keep on loving me? Why did they care so much? And I knew it was because of you. That's what it's all about. That's why it's worth sacrificing. It's not a a fun message for us. At least not now. But when you're standing before God, giving account for your life, it's going to be the most fun thing in the entire world to be able to stand before him and say, I did did what I could. Everything that I could. Me and my wife were listening to a sermon from a John Lindell pastor in James River. And uh, it was about this woman in Bible who uh, she poured this bottle, a really super expensive bottle of perfume on Jesus' feet. And, and, uh, and he was focusing in on that line. Jesus said, she did 
that she could. And I tell you, God is not calling you to do more than what you can. But He's calling you to faithfulness. He's calling you to do what you can. And that's a, that's a really important question to ask yourself. What can I do? And I hope over this week you kind of let that question sit in you. God, what can I do? How can I love? Give me opportunities. What can I do for you? At the conclusion of this story, he, he looks at the man and he says, out of these three, who would you say is the neighbor? And he said, the one that showed mercy. Jesus says to him, go and do likewise. To me, the man asks, who's my neighbor? And Jesus says, it's not about who's your neighbor. It's about who called you neighbor. It's, it's not about who your neighbor is. It's not about who treats you well. It's about who do you treat well. It's about how you love like this Samaritan. Jesus says, you go and do likewise. You go and you love the people that hate you. The people that despise you. go and do likewise. That is a tough message. You realize he's got no comeback for that one. Yeah, pretty sure he shuts up after that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a, it's a tough thing to, to, to go through. And really, honestly, I'm really looking forward to the next three weeks as we kind of dive into this for groups, just to really discuss this and to really, to really see how we can apply this to our lives. It doesn't have to be undesirable. I think sometimes like a message like this is like, oh man, I don't want to do that. Because that's like our natural inclination. We just, just don't want to do that. But I think like as we genuinely seek God's heart for people, you ever pray that prayer? Like God, just let me see people like you see them. Or could I just get like maybe a fraction of that? Because I'm pretty sure just a fraction would be like more than enough for me to actually live like a life of love for, for people. Just let me see a fraction, uh, a fraction of love that you have for that person. Just a fraction of it. How many want to change their world around them? How many want to see God do some amazing things in your life? How many would say that I need to love more? What I want to do is just, uh, just take a moment just to pray. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about 242, you can email Pastor Justin at jcorkum at manchesterassembly.org. You can also tweet us at 242NH. Again, that's T-W-O-42NH.
or on Facebook, you can look us up under 242 Young Adults. We look forward to your feedback, and we'll see you next time.